Welcome to Afternoon Delight. Real people, real stories, a local podcast for local artists. I want to thank you all for joining me back on Afternoon Delight. It is Jory Delight here, artist, diva, wannabe pop star, Jory Spice. I am here with week two and guest one for the week let me tell you I really am ecstatic that I'm about to um, introduce this artist to all of you a lot of you who are involved in the drag community especially will know this artist I would be very surprised if you didn't Um, they are a pioneer behind the rebirth of drag in the Scottish drag scene they are a high-profile artist I would definitely see going places in the future with drag. They have a real special talent, and I often am inspired by their technique and ability, especially with makeup, because as much of you um, listening to this will know, I am a theatre queen, an art queen, a singer, a lip-syncer, an artist, but I am in no way an MUA, and let me tell you, I'm hoping after this she'll maybe teach me the ways to blend and uh, even maybe paint. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to the first guest for Afternoon Delight. We have the gorgeous and sensational Rue Jazzle. <laughs> cannot believe I'm getting to interview one of my favourite Scottish drag artists, one of the, I would consider actually one of the leading drag artists. Um, so give it up for the gorgeous Rue Jazzle, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me, darling. <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness, thank you for having me, Miss Jordy. Always a oh, pleasure god. talking to you. Oh god, you're so lovely. Right, I am going to explain why I have actually chosen Rue as the first guest. So when I was starting out my, I would call it my attempt at drag, the first of our week I was doing it, I went to a little show at Such a Drag, which was an electric circus. And I saw this beautiful drag queen come on stage with this disco ball and this honestly unbelievable look that I couldn't, that was art to me. That was literally, when I watched this, I went, that is art. And then I proceeded to tell the drag queen drunk afterwards how much I was obsessed with them. And this gorgeous track, you one that I'm obsessed with, called um, Spectrum, Say My Name by Calvin Harris and Florence Welsh. And I instantly went, yes, I am here for this. And this was Rue Jazzle herself, of course. And it's ever since then, I have totally just followed her career. And I am, it just felt right to ask you, to be the first guest for me, because it was one of the first... I mean, I don't know what you would think, but I consider 2014 was the start of drag becoming more mainstream and popular again. And that was that year, so... Totally. What a throwback. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And I remember that very well. I think it was maybe, like, one of my first times performing in Edinburgh, actually. Um, And, yeah, like, I think that was when drag exploded, definitely, in Scotland. And it's just grown and grown since then. Yeah, I've often considered you, October, France, all these people in Glasgow, like the pioneer behind that movement happening and that, seeing that in, you know, Edinburgh, I was like, who is this? Who are these people? I need to get like into this. This is amazing. And totally was just one of those moments in my sort of interest in drag that I was seeing in Edinburgh for the first time properly and thought, wow. Um, so, yeah, so as you obviously know, I've got a couple of questions that I'm going to ask you about yourself. Um, could you just explain to everyone who you are first and then we'll get the questions going? 
Sure. So my name is Rue and Rue in Drag. And yeah, like I'm a professional drag queen here in Scotland. I live in Glasgow and I've been doing drag for around about six years now. Yeah, but only like um, three years as my full-time job, really. And yeah, like I'm quite like a main part of the scene here. I produce lots of shows and... That's a bit early. That's amazing. So I have to ask. I think we glitched a wee bit. We're fine. If we glitch, we do apologise. My uh, Wi-Fi needs replaced, clearly. <laughs> so um, I would like to ask, so I don't obviously know that much about you outside of drag. So the first question I want to always ask my guests is, where did you grow up, study, and kind of work before you then fell into drag? I don't know if you're like me, but I just kind of fell into drag. That happened as a natural thing. So before that, who were you? Kind of what was your main life like outside of that totally I feel like I mean I'll like mention that that I think for our generation of um, people doing drag I think a lot of us fell into it by accident I feel like these days most people starting are very much like I want to do drag as a job I want to do this I've seen drag race whereas we were kind of like well this is fun let's do this (laughs) um totally but yeah, I, I'm from Edinburgh. I grew up in Kirstorfin, um, and then laterly in Dalkeith. Uh, I went to university in St. Andrews actually to do philosophy, but girl, that was not for me. <laughs> so I switched to art history because love moral philosophy, but logic is not my thing. I'm not good at maths at all. Um, but yeah, did art history at university and I kind of started drag in St. Andrews actually because I was kind of influenced by my group of friends who were all like complete like queer weirdos and would like dress up for parties and stuff. And yeah, like I, I think I liked drag because it was kind of rebelling against the, the Tory ridden um, nature of St. Andrews. So I kind of liked being a rebel. And then, yeah, so I started drag in St. Andrews and then I moved to Glasgow after uni to kind of pursue it more as a job. That's amazing. And the fact that you've made a Tory comment already makes you my favourite person in the world. So there we go. That is, again, why they have been chosen this week. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because you say this about university and I've often felt like something me and you have had in common is that art background because I recently went to do my MA in art and I noticed that you'd liked my tweet I put about 911 by um, Gaga in the video. And, you know, a lot of people weren't liking it, weren't really behind it. And I was like, nah, if you watch that, you can see the art, history and research put into that performance. So I love that you actually have kind of that. Totally, totally. I love that we have that in common. Yeah, like, I think that having like a knowledge of art and culture makes you understand the world more because you can see references and everything because whether it's like a movie or a TV show or a music video, it's full of references to culture that... I think you can understand more if you know where they're coming from. So it's always a useful thing to have, definitely. I totally get you. So you've kind of already asked my next question, which was what did what got you into the art? And you've described it at uni, but was there any other things that drew you to drag? Yeah, I mean, like, I think like a lot of drag artists, we're kind of, we've always been kind of creative people. And uh, when I was a kid, I was always working on projects and making things, whether it was like painting, drawing making comic books animations costumes whatever um so yeah I love I loved doing art when I was a kid and I studied it at school but I always found it quite restrictive because you're always kind of like given like a set of rules you have to follow by and kind of 
outcomes and guidelines. So I think I like drag a lot because it's very free and you can kind of just do whatever you want. You don't go to school to study drag. It's a very like liberal art form. So you can kind of just do anything you like. Um, so that's why I love it so much. I just feel like you saying that is your sort of foreshadowing that you're going to start a drag school in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I here can, we go. I can see it. I do get you because when I was looking at doing sort of a primary teaching or drama teaching degree one time, I did think to myself that limiting with the Scottish curriculum of like you've got to, you know, do certain things and teach certain things. I totally, totally resonate with that actually, that drag gives you that freedom to just do it in an expressive way, totally. And I like that your drag, I've always found gorgeous to look at, but also the performances, there always feels like there's research and um, fun parts put into it whereas I know a lot of people you've got look queens you've got people that are performers but they don't really do Instagram stuff or makeup that's not like I'm obviously never been a look queen in my life and probably never will be but there are people obviously doing it in such different ways that I think is an arts thing especially and totally agree with you on that so in the lead up this might be a bit of a difficult question to answer so (laughs) in the lead up to the pandemic who, what had you been doing work-wise and project-wise just before? So this year, with obviously being stuck in my house all the time, I was kind of reflecting a lot on last year. And last year was a complete whirlwind for me. And it, it just it passed so quickly. I think in many ways, it was maybe like my amazing things that I'm like so proud of myself for being able to do. Um, I got to go on my first European tour with Slay Presents uh, in the summer. I got to uh, exhibit artwork of mine that I did with um, Glasgow Queens at the v and um, I also got to be in an Iron Brew advert as well, which is kind of crazy. Um, that was iconic. So yeah, last year was completely nuts. <laughs> that was I know that's mad crazy. because it's almost because we filmed that in October last year. So it's almost been like a year since that happened. But um, yeah, it was a complete whirlwind. And I was doing that as well as also doing all my weekly shows as well. So yeah, it's 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 kind of gone from like 100 to zero with this year and last year, but just the way that it is, I guess. <laughs> so could you just elaborate? Because obviously this um, isn't just a drag podcast. So artists might go, oh, you know, what Slave Presents? So could you just elaborate what Slave Presents is for me, if you don't mind? Sure. So, uh, of course, one of the biggest drag phenomenons right now is RuPaul's Drag Race and Slay Presents are a um, production company who um, do tours of Drag Race queens as well as other kind of famous drag artists and performers. And they mostly tour around Scotland and the UK, but we did our first European tour last year. So we got to go to Amsterdam, Berlin, Paris, and that was it. Yeah, those three cities. But yeah. Lots of fun. <laughs> That's brilliant. And what, just before, obviously, because I'm I'm hoping, you know, long term that maybe in a year's time, these shows all, all will come back. I was doing shows and Alice does a show, Amy Lamore does a show, that, you know, all these shows will hopefully return. Um, what were the two shows you were hosting weekly in Glasgow? So I have a show called Mother Tucker that has been running in Glasgow since 2015. And it was a weekly show. Um, and what was, I guess, unique about it was it was themed every every single week so we would create pretty much new numbers every single week on a whole variety of crazy uh, themes that could be movies or it could be insects it could be outer space <laughs> it could be uh, bad taste it could be in we we wanted to do, we did an inanimate object show like it was completely nuts 
Um, so yeah, I had that show on a Tuesday and we also had our show Suck on a Wednesday that was more kind of just your kind of bog standard drag, dancey, fun, kind of let's let's party drag. So yeah, those are my two weekly shows. So right now they're on hiatus, but at some point they will return, I'm sure. I have every faith in you and the Glasgow Queens that you will all bring your shows back. I've always been um, inspired by how you're also creative and you get so many different ways to develop and bring your shows in different ways. And it's like you said with the themes, I absolutely love a theme, of course, um, art theatre <laughs> queen, but genuinely that um, inanimate object shit just makes me so happy. <laughs> so totally. Um, so genuinely to move on to the next question, and so how have you found... Obviously, asking how has the pandemic affected work right now, the whole podcast is about how artists are kind of needing emotional support and well-being and networking opportunities. But also, how have you just found adapting and working during the pandemic with um, drag entertainment particularly? It's been, it's been strange. I think that I both love and hate digital drag. I think, I, I think it's... Hmm. creating a digital drag performance is, is, a, is a labor of love definitely um <laughs> especially when you're a perfectionist like me um when, when you're performing on stage like things go wrong that's how it works and you kind of just roll with it but when you're filming something you're kind of more inclined to want to make it perfect i found um so you'll do like multiple takes it takes longer and then you have to edit it and i think editing is it's, it's horrible. I absolutely hate it. It's not. It's not my calling at all. Um, so I think. I think digital drag. It definitely gives you more opportunities to do things you couldn't do on stage. You could be more visual. I think you can do special effects. You can be like more than one character. Um, but it's. It's definitely much more work for a lot less money. <laughs> See, I really empathise with you because when I was a affected by the pandemic in March with lockdown and I was in the shield and carry for 12 weeks right and I was completing my MA for uni and I had to transfer my degree show to a movie because it wasn't going to happen but I also had no experience in film whatsoever and all of a sudden I'm putting together like seven videos that are 10 minutes each editing them and that editing you're talking about especially with green screen gal like bravo to you for putting that on all the time because it just like you said, you know, I I did a big rant the other day that I feel like artists are never fully paid enough just because of the amount of preparation and work that goes into it. any any Literally. platform, music, art, drama, theatre, whatever. But it, particularly the fact that editing takes hours and people will look at a 10 minute video and go, that is fantastic. And the way I look at it is you equate a minute to 10 minutes, you equate that. 10 minute video took you about an hour and a half if you mm. could do it for me it was like 10 days <laughs> so I Literally. totally feel you and yeah well done you for adapting I take it your online drag is on YouTube and people can access it so yeah I've done kind of lots of different things throughout lockdown um myself and my like friend and colleague CJ Banks run a business called the Bingo Babes which prior to uh, COVID was like a bookable kind of drag bingo night sort of thing and we adapted that into the bingo babe station oh, that was like a bingo sh- that was a bingo show that ran for 15 weeks um from like march until july this year so um that was like a fun weekly show to do and it was just like a bingo show drag bingo and yeah look i think it was nice i think it gave lots of folk something to like structure their week around like having a weekly thing 
and we got a lot of like cute messages from folks saying like it helped them get through lockdown and such so that was nice but yeah we did that for um the first part of the lockdown but other than that i've just been doing stuff for youtube my youtube channel and the kind of odd other like digital event here and there we also did some uh, digital shows for mother tucker we did we did a kind of a trilogy of um digital drag shows for for mother tucker and yeah just like nice to give folk a platform to keep on doing drag and share their art that's amazing that you managed to adapt like that because honestly a credit to you and anyone that is right now we are we are keeping the talent alive and well for the year to come but exactly it's like time is precious as it is and the amount of time we are spending deserves an applause so I'm gonna ask the next question here so obviously that to me is all brilliant and we all love that that is motivating a lot of people but Obviously, just like everyone in the world, we're all going through this universally. How have you been finding it mentally kind of dealing with the pandemic, going out and about for drinks, places, if you are doing that, working? Like, you know, I, with all of my, obviously my health issues, I'm not actually as anxious as I thought it would be, but I'm pure like, oh my God, am I washing my hands enough? And I'm just uh, <laughs> curious as to how you're genuinely feeling about everything. How, sort of, are there any tips or things that you could suggest people could do to help deal with their mental health at the moment? Oh, no, totally. I think this year has been a a real test for everyone's mental health, even those who don't experience mental health problems as much as others. Like, I'm someone who, in my life, I've never really experienced many mental health problems, but I have many friends who do. And the way that I always cope is by being busy. That's kind of my, like, coping mechanism, really. And being busy, it motivates me and it also inspires my creativity, I think I'm a bit of a nutcase, really. Like, I'm, like, I think people, everyone thinks that I'm less like this crazy workhorse, which I kind of am. Um, and I just, I just function best when I'm busy. And I love, I love to work and doing drag and creating art is something that is both work and pleasure for me. So I don't really mind it consuming my life because it just, it's my therapy in a way. And um, I always force myself to be busy and I always give myself all these projects because. If I don't do that, then I'll just be doing nothing. I really get that, actually. And you know what? I think, to be honest, that is a massive artist mentality of channeling all your emotions into your work because work keeps you busy and you dissociate, but it gets that emotional release. And I think it mm. it's always good to me to have a distraction for an amount of time. And I just wondered, was there anything that, you know, you've had to do differently now that, you know, you're saying you've experienced a bit of mental health like everyone that maybe normally wouldn't. Has there been any different things you've adapted? Like I've got, at the moment, I've struggled sleeping. So I've got a sleep ritual now in place that I never used to do. Is there anything you're kind of like um, doing now differently that maybe you wouldn't have done before because you wouldn't have needed to? Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely relate to that completely. I think for me, keeping busy is important. I've also been incredibly creatively uninspired this year that usually I usually I always have ideas all the time coming to me, but I've just had like very little this year. And I think that's because I've been stuck in the flat all the time. And I think I get inspired by being out and about and like meeting people and traveling and doing shows and such. Those are the things that inspire me and um, hearing new ideas and maybe like a friend, like seeing a movie or like, listening to music I'm even though like I am an introvert I'm still quite social and I like to interact with people and that I think it has definitely like affected my creative process in terms of like coping I think I've I've made an effort to just 
fill my days with tasks, whether it is work or not, whether it's um, going out for a run or going for a cycle or meeting a friend in the park or um, I've been doing things like making lists of films that I want to watch and kind of gradually going through all the films and um, albums I want to listen to. Like I'm just making, I'm a, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a crazy person and I make lists of things and spreadsheets. So that's the way that I go. <laughs> I absolutely, do you know what? Love that because that for me is, you know, that comment you just made about meeting friends in the park and stuff like I, I'm a typical Aquarius that I just love reading. I'm such a nerd, right? And I uh, now read in my park every day because love that, I yeah. had that thing that for 12 weeks I couldn't leave the house. So now I'm like, appreciating going sitting in the park and staring at dogs all day looking like a weirdo but that (laughs) is stuff that before the pandemic I won't lie to you like I was so busy running free club nights and working freelance and I just I never sat and took things in as much so now I'm the poor opposite that I'm like let's take everything in (laughs) so no I think that's great you mentioned that mindfulness of taking um appreciating the smaller things actually in life which I love and I just think I would consider you if I was a young queer person looking up a role model just with the way you're dealing with things at the moment the creative energy and work you're putting out and I would just like to ask you know is there any advice you could give I think especially with what's been happening with students returning to uni and COVID rising is there any bits of advice you could give them with them you know starting a degree and wanting to pursue their dreams and you've been a student yourself so that would be great if you could pass on some advice to them. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's that's very sweet of you to say, but I think when you are like a, a queer person in the public eye, you kind of become a role model, whether you like it or not. And I do get a lot of cute messages from younger folk asking for advice, whether it's like coming out or dealing with issues and such. I think, I think one thing we've all learned this year, especially, is that life is short and it's fickle. And I think it's important to take on every opportunity that you have and... I think it's important to do what brings you the most happiness. Um, I think it's, it's the old saying that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think it's very much the way that I feel about life and about doing drag and being an artist. And it hasn't always been easy, and it still isn't with this year, to kind of do what I love. But I want to keep pushing and I don't want to give up. I want to keep going. And I think for a lot of artists, they've kind of felt... Uh, they felt, like they, they felt like giving up this year, but I think I'm not going to do that. And I would encourage those who are artists and creators not to do that and to keep on pushing on and we will get through this. Um, and just to, as much as you can, go through life with positivity and joyfulness and just being kind. And I think that's what will get you through. And also like a lot of hard work and being professional. That's what I think has helped me in my career, definitely. <laughs> I love that you say that because I've obviously with Chromatica being released this year I've been obsessed with that album and Lady Gaga done that interview saying to her kindness was all we could do just now and I just love that you've ended up saying that it's really apt actually and since you talk about how you do so many amazing creative things and you're so busy if I had to ask you know pick one thing to this day that you're completely proud of that you accomplished what would you choose? Do I have to pick one? <laughs> okay, a top three. <laughs> a top okay, three. I'll do top three. Um, okay, so I think I'm very proud of my show Mother Tucker, definitely. I think that's something that it's it's been going on for so long. It's something that it was, I kind of started with my friends. And I think it's, 
really like made a mark on the Glasgow drag scene and on the Scottish drag scene um, as well. And I think it's um, pushed people's creativity and it's given a platform to young queer artists. And I'm very proud of that, definitely. And it's also like created a community. I think every, every drag show has a community and a family and I just love that. Um, so that's the first one. Second one would probably be a bit of a throwback. And that was when I was in New York and I got to perform in the Stonewall Inn, which Oh, of course, um, even though I was a total baby queen and my performance was horrendous, um, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still proud that I did that because that is like a legendary um, space of like queer history. So I'm very proud of that moment. Um, the last thing would probably be my um, photo art series with Glasgow Queens that we've done over the years. Um, and only because that, I think, really helped me... Um, for my parents to understand drag because although they're, my parents are not like homophobic or bigoted, they never kind of understood why I did drag. They always, they were like, well, you're like a smart person. Why are you like doing a job cross-dressing? Right. And I think they realized that um, for me, drag was like an art form and it was about like, um, like it could be something more elevated. And my parents are a bit snobby, I'm going to be honest. So I think they realized, okay, this is something that's like a real art form. And I think when they like saw my artwork in the v they were like, they've completely changed and they're like my biggest fans now. So it was very, very cute. So love that. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, so you won't know this, but I come from a weird kind of division of my family that half my family is middle-class and half of it's working class. So I can totally right. get when you're saying this, oh, they're snobby. Like I can totally understand. Cause when I remember when I told my gran that I'd done drag, she had kind of said to me, are you a performer or a drag queen in a nightclub? And I kind of went, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and there was that, like, I get what you mean, that sort of, that v thing you're talking about really will have helped, but actually that's incredible as well. And you should be so proud of yourself for that. And I'm going to ask this, because I know for a fact my listeners listening to this, right? Especially <laughs> the ones that know you're doing this after this. Well, what, no, what that infamous performance at the Stonewall Inn was, because you have to tell us. <laughs> I was... A French mime and I do not know why I chose that I was a French mime and I was like I'm always I'm always <laughs> with my drag I'm always trying to be too clever and <laughs> sometimes I should just like simplify things where in, in the performance I was like trapped in a box and then I got out of the box and I did Ariana Grande break free it was very very strange <laughs> and it was not well performed <laughs> That, to me, is iconic. <laughs> that is the kind of thing I would have been told to do in my physical theatre class at uni and totally... Very that. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, it's been, honestly, so lovely to sit and network and chat to you about this sort of stuff. Um, I'll ask you the last question in a minute. Are there any kind of social medias you would like to promote or any projects you're promoting, doing right now you'd like to just give a shout out so people can follow you? So, um, one of my main projects I've been doing throughout lockdown is my podcast, Art and Drag. You can check out my one, which is called Screen Queens, and that's all about drag and cinema. And we look at a different movie each week, and we kind of go through it and dissect it from the perspective of drag artists. And so far, we've done Priscilla, Tu Wong Fu, Kinky Boots, Some Like a Hall, all the kind of classics. Um, but yeah, other than that, you can check me out on Instagram and YouTube and it's all at Rujazzle, R-U-J-A-Z-Z-L-E. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And again, what an iconic name. Um, I did ask you, obviously, before we did this, because I'm doing this every week with every guest, um, to bring a quote. And the quote reflects how you've been feeling just now and a quote that maybe could help inspire other listeners. 
And I would like you to close the podcast and share that quote with me. Sure. So I thought it'd be very on brand to pick a quote from an artist. So I chose someone who inspires me, but is also a bit of a dick as well. Um, and that is Andy Warhol. Um, and this quote, it's, it's, um, I think it sounds quite, he talked, he, he, can, can I swear? Like, he, yeah. is that okay? He, he, he spoke a lot of crap, um, but sometimes they were kind of weirdly profound. And this one right here is, don't think about making art, just get it done. Let everyone else decide if it's good or bad, whether they love it or hate it. And while they're deciding, make even more art. Uh, so that, I think that's nice because I think a lot of people, especially who are artists or performers, will like second guess what they're doing. And I think it's important just to um, follow your like gut instinct and just go for it and do what you feel is right for you. And at the end of the day, like art is something that you're putting out into the world. And once you put it out, you have no control over it. So just do what do what you want to do, put it out there and just keep on doing it. Like, I think so many people are obsessed over what people think of them. And I just think, just go for it. I think that quote sums you up perfectly and reflects you as a person <laughs> brilliantly. And I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for joining me this week, Rajazal. Amazing. Thank you, darling. I look forward to seeing what you do next every week when I stalk your Instagram. <laughs> and Thanks I cannot so wait to listen to this podcast every single episode <laughs> Brilliant. thank you I think the comment Rue makes is quite clear actually that when we as artists second guess ourselves and doubt ourselves we often play it safe and we don't create the artwork that we fully intend to and the brutal reality as an artist and in life is that everyone's going to have an opinion on what you do and everyone's going to have a judgment and that's the world we live in and I can't thank Ru enough for bringing that to the table for this podcast. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Ru Jazzle. Please follow them at Ru Jazzle on Instagram and on Twitter, their YouTube channel and keep an eye out for their Screen Queens which is on Spotify. Next week, I have a very exciting activist who will be joining myself. But until then, stay safe and remember to breathe. Afternoon Delight. Real people, real stories. A local podcast for local artists.